Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 38. Welcome back to another episode of the Audacity to Podcast, giving you the guts and teaching you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, also known as the Ramen Noodle in many places in the internet, and my podcast too. Today, I have a lot of stuff to cover, and it's a lot of different stuff, which is why you didn't hear any episode title this week, because there's just too much to cover within a single episode title. So instead, I decided to just call this episode 38. That's the title. The blog post will have more titles on it, so that way it's all of that SEO in there, search engine optimization. But today, in this episode, we're going to talk about one solution for recording Skype calls, not using Audacity, but on Windows. And we're going to talk about uh, possible sources for learning about podcasting video or video podcasting. And also something that is really cool is how you can use multiple USB microphones in Audacity. So let's get into this. First of all, Zach Erickson emailed in and uh, emailed in this sound clip of feedback. And Zach shared with us a way that he's discovered. And this has been on my list to cover, but... I love that Zach called this in or sent in this feedback. And it's always great to hear someone else's voice on this podcast. And maybe you especially agree that it's nice to hear someone else other than my own voice in this podcast. But Zach called in to share with us something that he found extremely useful in podcasting. Hey, Daniel, this is Zach Erickson from the Between Your Ears podcast at BetweenYourEars.net. Just wanted to give you a little pro tip, I guess, um, just a cool freeware program that podcasters can use to record Skype. Uh, it's Windows only, but it's found at VoIPCallRecording.com, V-O-I-P, of course, um, CallRecording.com. Basically, it's just a little program that you can run while running Skype that re- will record your uh, your call. Unfortunately, the only thing is the call quality, uh, it I think it only goes up to 128 uh, bits per sec, kilobits per second, or whatever. And uh, but it does give you the option of recording in stereo. And if you do that, then it does you in one ear and your guest in the other ear. Um, and so you have the ability to edit them separately, so you can silence the one or whatever uh, while the other one's still talking. So anyway, it's a nice little freeware program. It's a, it's good for starter podcasters and thought your audience would like to know about it. And, uh, again, my podcast, psychology podcast on, on, uh, between your ears.net. Uh, if anybody wants to check it out. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thank you very much for calling that in Zach. And that's from between your ears.net, his podcast there, which great title, by the way. And check it out at VoIPCallRecording.com, V-O-I-P CallRecording.com, gives you the MP3 Skype recorder. This is for Windows. It is free. Now, like he said, a couple downsides. It records straight to MP3, and it does so at only 128 kilobits per second. Now, if it's using the LAME system, the MP3 coder with LAME, which is the freeway, and so that's probably what they're using is that or something similar. 128 kilobits per second at constant bitrate is not the right quality setting for that, and you've heard me talk about this before in other episodes. Check back to the Audacity to Podcast, like early episodes, I think episode six, and you can see where I've talked about proper settings to use with Lame, but not necessarily for your podcast. So it records in MP3, and it records at 128 kilobits per second. However, even though that's not the best quality, it's free. We love words. We love programs 
that use that word, free. That's why we use audacity. That's the top reason most of us use audacity is because it's free. So if you want to record a Skype call and you just want the audio of it, and you don't have enough money to upgrade to a mixer or have multiple computers, really you can record a Skype call with just one computer and without this software program, but it's it's a little more complicated. I'll cover that later. You can also do it with multiple computers. You can do it with a mixer, but the more you add, the more equipment you add, yes, the simpler, well, not simpler, but the, yeah, the simpler and the better the quality, the more equipment you add, but the more expensive it gets. So MP3 Skype Recorder at VoIPCallRecording.com is fantastic because it's free and it records your call on Skype on your computer and that way you can have your voice in one track and your co-host's voice or the Skype call in another track. Not the best quality, but it is free and if you don't have it's it's acceptable quality. It's a whole lot better than Blog Talk Radio. So check it out, VoIPCallRecording.com, or the link will be in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 38. Now, speaking of Blog Talk Radio, I want to share with you a blog post that I put on the Audacity to Podcast, and this is about the disadvantages of Blog Talk Radio. And this isn't actually my original thoughts. These are the thoughts of another podcaster, Jeremy Sarber. I hope I pronounced that right. That runs another podcast network called the Orange Coffee Cup Podcast. And in his show notes and in a blog post, he talked about the disadvantages of Blog Talk Radio and some of the advantages of it. Maybe you're using Blog Talk Radio. If you are, please stop, find something better. But there are so many disadvantages primarily related to the quality and technical issues of it, but especially the quality. The quality is a telephone call. Please do not release podcasts in the form of a telephone call. So that's why I say MP3 Skype recorder isn't the best, but it's a whole lot better than using Blog Talk Radio. So check that out at Blog at uh, no, not Blog Talk Radio. Check it out. The post is over at the Audacity to Podcast, or the link to that blog post will be in the Audacity to Podcast.com slash. 38, the show notes for this episode. So you can check that out and see, comment either on my page or comment over on Jeremy Sarver's page and share what you think about Blog Talk Radio. And I just don't like it. I don't think it's good quality and bleh, just dump it. Also, we got an email and a voicemail from my friend Bob Buford, and he shares with us something that's really cool related to Audacity. Here's his original email, and then I'm going to play a sound clip from him. He says, Hi, Daniel. Just catching up on listening to the Audacity to Podcast episodes, in particular, episode 36, Three Ways to Record Multiple On-Site Podcast Hosts. By the way, you can get that at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 36. He continues, A couple of additional ways to record multiple hosts that I picked up from other podcasters. Ian Kath at createyourlifestory.com talked about using a giant squid audio labs stereo lapel microphone with the Zoom H1. The Zoom H1 is a portable digital audio recorder. It's a very small one, by the way. It looks like the giant squid has a fairly long length of cables between the left and right lapel mics before they are joined together into a single line. Check out his episode 24, Zoom H1, a personal life story, a perfect personal life story recorder. And I'll have the link to that in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 38. He continues, with the Zoom H4N, it could potentially give two additional separate tracks through the stereo external mic input along with the two XLR tracks. That's correct. The Zoom H4n has a total of four inputs. It has the two XLR or quarter-inch jacks. It's one of those multi-purpose kind of jacks, so it can be quarter-inch or XLR. 
and then it has an eighth inch or I just lost the millimeter thing, but the the other equivalent, the three millimeter jack, whatever it was, that you can plug a standard like a headphone, 3.5 millimeter. Thank you, chat room. Bob Buford's in the chat room and he corrected me on that. 3.5 millimeter jack on the back, which is a stereo input and you can plug into there. So it gives you a total of four channels. And what he's pointing out that I didn't even think about when I mentioned ways that you could record multiple ho- multiple hosts is use the recorder and plug your microphone straight into it. So simple. And I wasn't thinking about it last time that I mentioned recording multiple hosts. But that could be a very simple solution for you is you buy a portable recorder like this, like the Zoom H4n that records four channels. And then you can put all of your speakers in on different channels. You could plug in XLR microphones directly into the Zoom H4n. And then you could use the little, uh, the 3.5 millimeter or eighth inch jack on the back to plug in something else. Or even you can use the XLR and the built-in microphone at the same time. In any case, it lets you record one to four hosts, each having their own microphone. Now, by the way, something cool that you can do with this too is you might think, well, what if I need to adjust my volume levels? I'm mixing different kinds of microphones, all of that. If you have the Zoom H4n, make sure you're updated to the latest firmware. And that's firmware, at this time of this recording, it's firmware 1.72. Check it out. And somewhere along the way, I think in 1.6 maybe, I can't remember now, but one of the versions they added the feature that you could adjust each channel's independent volume level. So no longer would you have just two stereo channels and you could only adjust both left and right at the same time of those separate channels in a four-channel audio. I'm making this way too complicated. Look at it this way. Instead of having two volume sliders, you can now control all four inputs independently from each other on the Zoom H4n. Now, it's not as handy as having a mixer where you can just easily slide your fingers and all of that, but it does still give you that power where if you have multiple microphones of different kinds and you plug them into the different ports and you need to adjust the micro- the levels based on the microphones, then this is a great way to do it because you can set it there and adjust it right like that without it affecting your other mics. So yes, recording straight into the Zoom H4n with multiple microphones works fantastic. You could skip the mixer potentially. It's still a lot easier with the mixer and I'm sure everyone would agree with that. But if you're on a tight budget and this is your first audio purchase, this is a great way that you could do it that you might not have thought about. I didn't think about it last week and I own one of these. have for two years almost. And Bob continued, if someone has a Macintosh, the Mac will support USB micro- support multiple USB microphones without any additional drivers or going through hoops like on Windows systems. Yes, here is where the Mac computers have this ability that on Windows, if you get multiple USB audio interfaces like a USB microphone or USB headset or multiple USB microphones and plug them into Windows, it is quite tricky to try and record all of them. Some systems require that you actually have separate sound cards for each USB microphone. Some systems require that you have special drivers. Some systems just won't do it at all. And it's really hard to make a blanket blanket statement and say this works and this doesn't because it's very much your results may vary. But he continues, he says, I found this out while researching the Centrance Centrance Mic Port Pro, my favorite XLR USB mini preamp. This is something where you plug an XLR microphone into this USB plug and then plug it into your computer so you don't need a mixer. And it's a preamp, so it amplifies the microphone properly before it gets to your mixer. Centrance has software drivers for connecting two or more mic ports to a Windows system. 
So there's one of those conditions that if you have these mic port pros, you can connect two or more on a Windows system, but you'd have to have all of these same things. For Macs, I found a particular article, Record with USB Mics Simultaneously in GarageBand. There will be a link to this in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 38, because he links to this article on maclife.com. He says, I did try it once with GarageBand, and it worked slick. It will be interesting to see if the latest version of Audacity will also work as it now supports multiple tracks. Now, Audacity has actually supported multiple tracks for a while. It's just how you do it in Audacity has gotten easier with the latest updates to 1.3.13. I'll try to dig out my microphones over the next few days to give it a try and let you know. If it works, at least a cheap option for at least Macintosh users is two or three low-cost USB headsets, desktop USB microphones, or USB webcam microphones. Cheers, Bob. Now, here's what's cool. Bob tried this. When I saw this, my first thought was, "Ah, no, it's not going to work, unfortunately. Because let me tell you first what I was thinking. In Audacity, and this is the same in either Windows or OS X, and even Linux too, when you select a recording device in Audacity, you are selecting a recording device, meaning one. You cannot select multiple recording devices. Like you can't tell Audacity, record my USB microphone into channel one, record my system sound into channel two, record my whatever into channel three, record this into this and this and into this. You can't do that. You ha- can do some of that with GarageBand on OS X, but you can't do that with Audacity. So when he mentioned this, I was thinking, it's not going to work because each USB microphone is going to be its own device and Audacity can only record or play back through one device at a time. Now, I thought maybe he's talking about using this extra program called Soundflower and mapping different devices to it. It's simpler than that. You don't have to install anything else in that. Listen to what Bob had to share about recording USB multiple USB microphones. Now, keep in mind, this is for Mac only. It's for OS X. And the description he uses is for Snow Leopard 10.6. And it's slightly different for older OS versions. But check this out if you've got an OS X computer. Hello, this is Bob with Solution Nexus in Canada at solutionnexus.ca. This is a follow-up on Daniel's Tap 36 Three Ways to Record Multiple On-Site Podcast Hosts. For Macintosh users, it's actually possible to use multiple USB microphones into Audacity with each microphone on a separate track. Now, this has been a long-time technique for GarageBand users, and now with the latest versions of Audacity, and I'm using Audacity 1.3.13, you can now also use the same technique to record separate USB microphones on individual tracks. So here's an example of how I took a Rode Procaster with a C-Entrance MicPort Pro XLR to USB preamp, a blue microphone, Snowball microphone, and a Zoom H2 connected in through the USB audio interface. Now when you hear the sample, there will be a hum, and I can tell you that it is coming from the blue Snowball microphone. So just ignore it. I haven't had a chance to chase it down. So here we go. I'll give you the raw recording first, followed by a cleaned up recording where I edited the files, took out the room noise being picked up by the other microphones. This is a test with three USB microphones. First, a Rode Procaster with a C-Entrance MicPort Pro XLR to USB preamp. Now I'm at a blue microphone, snowball microphone, with a USB connection into the same USB hub. 
Now I'm over at a Zoom H2 with the USB audio interface active, again into the same USB hub. Now I'm back to the Rode Procaster, again connected into the same USB hub. This is a test with three USB microphones. First, a Rode Procaster with a C entrance MicPort Pro XLR to USB preamp. Now I'm at a blue microphone, Snowball microphone, with a USB connection into the same USB hub. Now I'm over at a Zoom H2 with the USB audio interface active, again into the same USB hub. Now I'm back to the Rode Procaster, again connected into the same USB hub. So you can see it's very easy to hook up the microphones. Now how I did that is basically you go to Applications, Utilities, Audio MIDI Setup, and show the audio window. At the lower left of the audio devices window, you can click on the plus sign and bring up an aggregate device. When you select it, you have an opportunity to select all the USB microphones or actually input devices connected to your Macintosh through a powered USB hub. So I just selected all the devices, closed it, started up Audacity, and in Audacity, particularly with the new Audacity 1.3.13, I was able to select this aggregated device that I called Podcast Microphones and also select the number of channels. And in this situation, I had four channels or four tracks to select because the Rode Procaster and the C Entrance came up as one channel or track. The Snowball came up as a second channel or track. And the Zoom H2, because it has stereo microphones, came up with two tracks. So again, if you experiment with it, you'll find that it's very easy to set up multiple USB microphones for a Macintosh. Now, of course, as Daniel would say, your mileage may vary. There is still the challenge of recording the computer that some podcasters are uh, very adamant against recommending. But this may be a good way for those podcasters who already have one USB microphone, and now it's time to bring in a host, maybe even temporarily, and your only other microphone is, again, a USB microphone. Or it might even be a USB headset. Or it could be two USB headsets. So this is a good way to at least pull in multiple hosts when you normally do not have multiple hosts or a mixer that allows you to set up multiple microphones. So again, this is Bob with Solution Nexus in Canada saying have a good day. Thank you very much, Bob, for sharing that with us. And check out Bob's site over at solutionnexus.ca. And I've invited Bob to do a guest blog post on this, complete with screenshots or maybe a video walkthrough or whatever he's able to do. And so watch for that on the com and learn more about that. But that is fantastic. I didn't even know that that option was in OS X, where you can make an aggregate device that aggregates it combines whatever other devices under OS 10 so that way you have a single device to the software audacity will see a single device but that device is acting like a hub or it's aggregating all of the other devices that way you can get multiple USB microphones into audacity this is brilliant now what this doesn't do is it doesn't split or no, I'm sorry, it does split. Just make sure that you set your audacity to record in the number of channels that you have the devices there. So that way it will function and record each of the inputs separately from each other. And Bob even gave me the audacity project that I could see the proof that he did all of this for real. And so that is fantastic. Thank you very much for sending that in, Bob. So check that out. And check out his website over at solutionnexus.ca. Additionally, I got a voicemail from Ian over at the West Side of Mars podcast. And Ian has a question. Hey, the Audacity Podcast. This is Ian Harasni in the live chat room. Um, I am doing a video podcast. Well, your show is very helpful in some ways. 
and other ways it is not. So I just wanted to ask you if you knew of any good podcasts on video podcasting. That's pretty much all I wanted to know. I thought maybe you knew some more about the podcasting world, so maybe you would know of some good podcasts on this. So thanks. Bye. Thank you for calling in, Ian, and I appreciate your honesty saying some of it's helpful, some of it's not. I appreciate that whenever someone can be honest with me. And that's a great question because most of the podcasts about podcasting out there are about audio podcasting, and they're all audio podcasts too. And so what I recommend, Ian, and anyone else who's interested in video podcasting, because especially I tend to focus on audio or on the website side of things. But there are people out there who do video podcasts and talk about video podcasting, even though their podcast is not a video podcast. Here are three podcasts that I want you to check out. Look at Dave Jackson's School of Podcasting at schoolofpodcasting.com. He's had a few episodes where he's talked about some video equipment, some lighting, some cameras, and some microphones and such. Same thing for also my friend Ray Ortega over at thepodcasterstudio.com. That's with two S's in the middle. Actually, I think it's just podcasterstudio.com with two S's in the middle. So check that out, Ray Ortega and actually the podcaster studio or podcasterstudio.com works. Just make sure you put those two S's in the middle. Ray has done video podcasts and actually he has a completely separate video podcast that he does on a regular basis. So here's someone that talks about podcasting regularly and does a video podcast on the side. So he knows about video equipment and he talks about it every now and then in his audio podcast. So again, I can't tell you of a specific show that talks all about video podcasting, but several people who do audio podcasting have addressed video podcasting. Also, my friend Cliff Ravenscraft over at podcastanswerman.com has had a couple episodes where he's talked about lighting and cameras that he's used and microphones that he's used. That's the main thing about video podcasting is lighting, cameras, and microphones. Now, beyond that, looking for software side of things is consider looking up, instead of trying to find someone who's podcasting about video podcasting, which no one is doing, try to find someone who is podcasting about the software you use. If you use iMovie, for example, look up someone who is using iMovie in iTunes. Maybe there's an iMovie podcast. Or if you're using Windows Movie Maker, or if you're using Final Cut Pro, or any of these video editing programs, whatever one you might be using, look it up in iTunes and you might find a podcast all about it. Of course, also check on YouTube because often people will do video tutorials on YouTube and they might do a whole series, but they're only releasing them on YouTube, which, come on, guys, turn it into a podcast. You're already doing it, essentially. Just post that thing in as a downloadable file and it can be a podcast within certain realms. So check that out. Look for people who are using the software you use and they might be teaching tutorials on that. Because really when it comes down to audio or video podcasting, they are quite the same, really in the sense of both are regular syndicated media, both rely heavily on the quality of your content first, and then the quality of your production values. And if you've got the right lighting and microphone, if you've got the right equipment, which some of these other podcasts that I mentioned can help you pick the right equipment, then your main issue when it comes to video podcasting is just a matter of editing it and then posting it. And editing it, that comes down to the software that you use. And many people use software like that out there. And Bob Buford in the chat room over at noodle.mx slash live. By the way, we 
we record this every other Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So the next recording will be on June 13th at 7.30 p.m. on noodle.mx slash live. Bob mentioned some books on podcasting have chapters on doing video, including lighting and microphone placement. So definitely do that. And by the way, don't feel like you have to buy a book on podcasting unless I write a book about podcasting. Then you have to buy it. No. Check out your local library and no doubt they have many books on podcasting and look for maybe a video chapter in those books. Yeah, it's not as good as a dedicated video podcasting podcast, but it can definitely help. And many of the same principles in audio podcasting apply. Like when I talked about the website in last episode, episode 37, and I talked about a website for your podcast pretty much the same stuff applies if you have a video podcast almost the same stuff can apply and many of the basic principles of good behavior podcasting or good ideas and being passionate and being organized and having dialogue that all applies no matter what kind of podcast you're doing so look at those things look at those resources i will have some links to those other podcasts i mentioned in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 38. Now I have uh, something that I said I wouldn't do, or I said I probably wouldn't do until the price dropped. And that is I caved and I bought soundboard 2.0 for OS 10. Soundboard 2.0 is a sound card or cart manager or soundboard or there are so many different names for what these things do. It's a program that you use to line up your sound effects and sound clips, music, segues, all of that. And you can press on buttons and these sound effects play. Just like I've been playing the intros and outros and voicemails and such, I play it with this program now, Soundboard 2.0. I've reviewed Soundboard 2.0. A while back when I talked about uh, when it had just come out, and that was in episode 20, so check that out at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 20. To give you the conclusion and summary of that is Soundboard 2.0 is great, but I thought it wasn't good enough or it's not worth $50, $49 is what they're asking for it. $49 for a sound effect program for your computer. I didn't think that was worth it. And so I decided I'm not going to buy this. Until they drop the price, I am not buying Soundboard 2.0. It is just way too expensive. And, well, they haven't dropped the price directly. You can, however, find a coupon for Ambrosia Software, who is the makers of soundboard 2.0 and again this is if you're on os 10 if you're on windows then i recommend pod producer still works great on windows and pod producer is free so here's why i recommend to get your coupon for soundboard 2.0 and there this by the way is no affiliate i'm not making any money by this referral if soundboard 2.0 had an affiliate program i'd jump on it but i still think it's too much for that program but here's what you can do to save some money visit retailmenot.com retailmenot.com that's r-e-t-a-i-l-m-e-n-o-t.com at retailmenot.com you can type in a website and it will list coupons for that website and whether they have been tested and if they work so here's what you do go to retailmenot.com And into the search, type Ambrosia, that's A-M-B-R-S-I-A, and you'll see the top listing will be Ambrosia Software. Click on that, or I will have a direct link to this in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 38, and so you can just jump straight to this. And when you visit this, You might have to visit it a couple times within the month, but it's very likely that you will find a 15% off coupon that will last for the entire month. Now, I'm recording this episode on May 31st, 2011. So it's the last day of May, and there's a coupon code 
that is may save 15 that's the the coupon code there and that's good for 15% off during the month of may they had one in april too I used that coupon in April in order to buy Soundboard 2.0 from my computer. Now, I still think that the final price that I paid, which was uh, $49 with the 15% off, the final price that I paid was as low as huh, $41.65. No tax, no shipping on that. That's still a little bit pricey. But when you look at a program like Sound, what's it called? Sound Cart, I believe. It's from blackcatsystems.com. If you look at their audio program, then you can find out that theirs is $40, essentially that's $40. I hate this marketing thing of 99 cents. Or ending things with nines. I know it works, but I just, I hate that it works. The name of the program is SoundBite. I couldn't believe I forgot that. SoundBite. And they do have iPad versions and iPhone versions, iPod Touch versions, and Windows and OS X, and I think even Linux. Now, it's it's a decent program. I've talked about it before in episode 20. Check it out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 20. I think the program is ugly. <laughs> There, I said it. It's ugly, and it can't do very much. Soundbite compared to Soundboard 2.0 from Ambrosia. Soundboard is much better. I like how it works better. I like how it looks better. I like what it does better. So if you compare Soundbite at $39 to Soundboard 2.0 for $41.65, Soundboard 2.0 is definitely worth that extra $2.65 over Soundbite. But I still think both programs are a bit too expensive. I think their best price would be $30, $20 or $30 for these programs. But I decided finally that it was worth it to me. So no more loading Pod Producer via Crossover or Parallels. No more of that cumbersome situation that I had to load audio clips into that because I'm running on OS X. Running a Windows program on OS X meant I had to jump through a few hoops and all of this. So it's nice to now have the ability to simply drag and drop my audio clips into Soundboard 2.0, just like I used to be able to do on Windows using PodProducer from PodProducer.net, which is a free program. It's not been developed in a while, but it still works great. I think it still does what it does great. Consider Soundboard 2.0 if you're on OS 10, and it is $41 or so if you get the coupon over at RetailMeNot.com. Again, links to this will be in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 38. Now, the last thing that I want to share with you is some sad news, which uh, I'm ashamed to say I didn't realize this sooner. And that is, uh, you know that I talk about Chris's dynamic compressor, and I use Chris's dynamic compressor in Audacity. I think it does a fantastic job of audio compression. I've done a couple episodes in the past talking all about audio compression and mentioning Chris's dynamic compressor. And I tell it, mention it to everyone who wants to do audacity podcasting and anything like that but the compressor hasn't been updated in a little while and the latest beta version has this minor bug in it uh, which can be fixed by just turning off a setting but more importantly than the bug in the program is that the creator of chris's dynamic compressor chris capel uh, is uh, dead. Uh, he died near the middle of April 2011. And I completely didn't know this until just recently. Uh, middle of May is when I found out about this. And the way that I found out is I am subscribed to Chris's blog. I hadn't seen any posts in 
a while. Last post was on April 11th, but uh, it wasn't anything related to his compressor. But I did also subscribe to a special RSS feed I created that would show me whenever anything was changed on the page where he had Chris's dynamic compressor posted. So I would see any time he updated that page, uploaded anything new, and I'd also see any time anyone would comment on that page. And uh, I had been catching up on RSS feeds and looking at stuff about podcasting and saw that I had this update and a few comments on there. And I saw a post on Chris's blog, and it was from his dad. And the post was dated April 20th, 2011. And he said, I don't know if anyone follows Chris's blog in its entirety. It was one of the ways I tried to keep in touch with how Chris's life was going. If you have read it, you know that Chris struggled with life. Chris's agony with living has ended. Sad does not begin to describe the emotion I feel. I hope you have peace now, son. When I saw that, I just, I was shocked. Because here's this person I respect. And I I tried to talk to him and get him involved with the Audacity podcast because I loved what he did so well. I wanted to talk to him and interview him for the Audacity podcast. I emailed him several times requesting it. Never heard anything from him. But uh, as I say in the blog, and I just want to read right here exactly what I wrote on the blog. I said, I respected Chris's work and losing him means losing more than a great programmer. It means the end of a life that was worth cherishing. And this can happen. It's a reminder of the shortness of life and how sometimes things just don't go the way we planned. But uh, so there won't be any further development of Chris's dynamic compressor. And uh, if you go over to the website, you can still download it. But uh, if you comment, keep your comments respectful. And of course, know that no one is providing support there. I may look into what I can do to try and pick up the project, but I'm not a programmer, so I'm not sure if I can really do anything there. But I'd hate to see his project um, fade away uh, with him being gone. But uh, it is sad that he's gone, and you can read my blog post and see the links to his dad's comment over at the Audacity to Podcast. I'll have the link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 38. So keep that in mind. And it's a good reminder that when someone has done something for you that you really appreciate, and especially if they're doing it for free, like Chris released this plugin for free, and I loved it. If someone is doing something that you really appreciate, and if they're sacrificing their time and energy and knowledge and all of this to do it, then please show them your appreciation, whether that be emailing them saying, I really appreciate what you're doing. Or if it be sending them some money, donating to them, maybe they have a little PayPal donate button on their site, or they have some way that just an email address and you can contact them and say, can you receive PayPal payments to here? Because I'm going to send you a donation for how much I appreciated what you did. And that means a lot to people because anyone who's in the technical space doesn't hear thank you or good job enough. You know what people normally hear in the technical space or in podcasting space are questions or technical problems or complaints. Not as often do they hear good job. Now, in the podcasting space, it's a bit better because usually when someone sends a question, they say how much they appreciate or enjoy the show or how much they are getting from it. So it's a bit different there. But with the products you use, especially free products, consider sending a note to that person and just being genuinely grateful for what they do. 
consider that with the makers of Audacity even, or the podcasters that you listen to. Send them a note just to say thanks or send them a donation or buy them a book or a movie or coffee or a soda or something like that. But show people that you appreciate them and that can really make their day because I was talking with a friend recently, another podcasting friend, and he and I were talking about some different conflicts that we'd had and different things that we'd seen. And sometimes it can really get to us, the negativity. And so try to be that person that instead of being the negative person, you're the positive person. You're the person that gives back to the people who are giving to you. So send a thank you note or send a donation or whatever it is. And don't let them think that their work is going unappreciated. So check that out. Uh, I'll have the link. Well, there's nothing to check out there. I'm so used to saying that at the end of things. Two last things I want to mention, more random things here in the way of podcasting, is there are uh, there's a new button that you can incorporate on your website, or it's a new method of incorporating something you're already familiar with. And if you have Twitter and are active on Twitter, you're familiar with the tweet buttons that you see on a website. The tweet buttons will tweet a link to that page. You might also see other buttons that say stuff like follow me on Twitter. And you click on that and it takes you to that person's Twitter page and then you click follow. Well, Twitter just released a new button that you can put on your website. Now, this doesn't replace their previous buttons, but this can replace it on your site. So you don't have to do anything, but I do recommend you look into this. This is their new Twitter follow button. And what it does is great. You can check it out. I have it on the audacitypodcast.com over on the right side where it says follow. You'll see under there a little, well, it depends on whether you're following me on Twitter. If you're already following me, you'll see a green check mark and it says following at the ramen noodle. Oh, how could I do that? I just I just said at the ramen noodle. Oh, slap my face. I don't like it when people say at before the Twitter names. I cannot believe I just did that. And in a recording, no less. I'm not going to edit that out. I am ashamed. I am ashamed of myself right now very much. But it will say follow the ramen noodle if you're following the ramen noodle if you're already following. Now, if you're not following the ramen noodle, then it displays something different. It displays a follow button. And when you click on that button, a pop-up window comes up. Now, not an intrusive pop-up window, but a convenient pop-up window that shows you some information, some core information about that person and makes it a lot easier to follow them. I really like this. This is so much better than the standard follow me button that just takes you to the person's Twitter page. But this on my page, you can see whether you are following me on Twitter, which is that alone is fantastic. So check that out. You can get it at twitter.com. When you're on twitter.com, click over on the right side of the page. Now this is looking at the new Twitter layout. And I believe it's the same if the old layout still exists. But on the right side of the page at the bottom, find where it says resources. When you click on that on twitter.com, there's now the new follow button is the first option listed there. And you can click create follow button. And it does increase engagement with your audience like they claim, I think. So check that out. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes over at the audacity to podcast.com slash 38. Two last things coming up. I said only two earlier, but now it's two last things. One will be if you podcast on Linux, then I will have a blog post that will be more of a guest blog post from someone sharing some ideas of ways that you can tag your MP3s on Linux. Because I've talked about methods on OS X and methods on Windows. This will be methods for Linux. So be watching the audacitypodcast.com for how you can do that. 
And make sure that you're subscribed to the blog itself at theaudacitypodcast.com because now that it's a separate website from the Noodle Mix Network, I will be blogging more about podcasting and getting some guest podcasts. And the last thing is while you're over on theaudacitypodcast.com, I want you to, on the right side, scroll down to where you see Get the Noodle Mix Network Newsletter. Sign up for that with your first name and email address because I'm going to be sending out something pretty important very soon. Now, very soon, as in if you are not signed up and if you don't receive this by, let's say, Wednesday, June 1st or Tuesday, June 1st, June 2nd, then just email me directly, feedback at noodle.mx, and I'll just send you a copy of the email that I will be sending out some cool things in development and some stuff that I'd like you to know about. And we've got like a nice close little community in the Noodle Mix Network where I share some things that I don't normally share on the podcast or get some feedback and ideas. Now, speaking of feedback, if you have questions, comments, solutions, ideas, anything like that, that you'd like to share, I would love to hear it. Send that to feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353-4332. And again, like I've mentioned several times, the show notes to this podcast episode will be at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 38. So you can get the links to all of the different things I've mentioned, get the links to the different blog posts, the different websites, and all of that over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 38. I've got some cool stuff in the works for you that I'll be sharing with the newsletter subscribers. Subscribe to that over at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Just scroll down to where you see Get the Noodle Mix Network newsletter and sign up there. And you can also shop through different affiliate links there if you're shopping for things. So now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Be sure to follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx. Find more podcasts on clean comedy, Christian movie reviews with critical thinking, Christian worldview, and more over at noodle.mx, part of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. And the Audacity to Podcast is also a member of the Tech Podcast Network, where you can find tons of podcasts about technology from all sorts of different angles. Check it out at techpodcasts.com. That's the Tech Podcast Network at techpodcasts.com.